He's worthy. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was standing here, the Lord was speaking to me, and uh, uh, he was just uh, speaking that he's, he says, I am the Ancient of Days. He said, I am the Lord who is ubiquitous. I'm everywhere. I answer to many names throughout the ages. I'm not hard to find. He said, I've made myself easy to find. When you call for El Shaddai, I answer. When you call the Ancient of Days, when you call El Elyon, possessor of heaven and earth, when you call Jehovah Rapha, when you call God, when you whisper, when you sigh, I respond. He said, because I am the God who is not hard to find. I own everything. I have everything. I possess everything. I can do anything and everything. When you call Buddha, you call some dead guy that doesn't even, he's not even alive, and then some dead devil responds to that name. They only have one name they can respond to, but I respond to all of them. The Lord, because I'm hard to find, I make myself easy for people to find. Because whenever you utter that desire for me, I respond, says the Lord. And I call myself by all of these redemptive names because I want you to know when you need anything, you call me. When you call out a need, I respond because my name is that need. And I am the one who responds and answers that need, says the Spirit of God. So think not that you are far from me. Think not that I'm hard to get a hold of. Think not that I am a God that you have to go through rituals and formulas to find me. Because I am the God who is everywhere. I have been here from everlasting. I will be here to everlasting. And I am the God who responds. Every need and every name, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. We serve a good God. We serve a great God. He's not hard to find, and he loves us so. Amen. That's why he makes himself easy to locate, because of his great love for us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to get started with the word again. Yesterday we got, I got off to a start. I said, I don't know why the runway was so long for the takeoff, but uh, we took off and landed in about five minutes, I guess. So we got to pick up where we left off yesterday. And uh, so uh, uh, we we just want to continue getting understanding how to use our faith. Amen. Make it easy for you. Make faith an easy thing. I mean, I don't want to labor it to make it hard, but I'm laboring, endeavoring to to see if I can get it to where it's easy for everybody to grasp how to use their faith in God and, and how to stay faithful to God so your faith will always work, you know. Uh, so it, it has to be located in his kingdom in order for it to work properly. And that's what you want. You want to keep your faith in God because that's where everything that's good emanates from, is, is from locating your faith in his kingdom. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity again to come before your throne. We never take this for granted. We never take it uh, as, as it's a light thing. We always want to understand that uh, it is a privilege to be in your presence. It's an honor to be here. It's not a drag it's not something that we're we're compelled to do but we're drawn to do it 
We're drawn by your great love. We have been wooed to this place, Father. We're not compelled, but we are wooed. And so I thank you, Father, for the drawing and the wooing of the Holy Ghost. And I bless you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Miss Pat, how you doing there? Miss Pat Savage on the front row. Patty from the block. I was just looking at you. I glanced over here. What's on your arm, sweetie pie? Anything? No? Okay. I, I, oh, you know that was your, oh, that was your hair. No, that was your, excuse me? I, I thought it was, you know, I thought you had wounded yourself, but that's that red hair, girl. Got that long hair. That red hair. No, we're all good. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hey, praise God. No, I, I, God, you know, I, I was just really, really going to pray. I was saying, well, I thought God was saying that he could get it to disappear for you. So you got, you got, no, we don't want to make that hard go. No way. But, uh, any wounds, uh, know that God will make them disappear. Amen. He's a healing God, so he just wants that for us. Praise God. Amen. So yesterday we were talking about doubtful disputation. So I took that word right out of scripture so I wouldn't uh, goof up what God wanted to do or, or goof up the meaning. We talked yesterday about it being disputes in your mind uh, that come from conflict in understanding uh, where the uh, example that was given to us uh, was in Romans chapter 14 that the, the church was encouraged to receive other confessed believers amen so when a person confessed Christ they were what they call baptized into the body of Christ amen so that's really the baptism that um Mark 16 is talking about people get confused. Is that water baptism? Is that baptismal? Well, you're baptized into the body of Christ when you're born again. So it, it talks about the born again experience. So they would accept anybody who was born again on their level where they came in. So it wasn't like you had to, you know, pass a test of something like this or that in order for them to receive you. And they said, receive them, but not to doubt for disputation. So don't argue with people about where they are in their faith. And he gave the example about uh, what people eat. Some people eat vegetables and they think they're that's fine with them. And But if you argue with them, they'll start saying they're superior to what you do. So God didn't want that comparison arguing because you can argue that all day long and never get around to the business of what we're here for. Amen. So we're here to glorify God and we're here to learn the things of God. And if there's some correction that needs to be done, you know, it's done in the preaching. You know, never discount the preaching of the word to correct things that are not right in our thinking, our believing, or or anything like that. And so we depend on the word of God to uh, bring everybody into one accord. 
when this word goes out those who hear it are brought into either submission and obedience to it or you can keep fighting it if you want to but but my 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 quest has always been to embrace whatever it is that god was speaking and uh, allow that word to have its effect of changing you and, and getting you to conform to god's standards of of kingdom living so just as you don't want to and, and really argument tends to weaken faith whenever you strive and argue with somebody the end result is both people wind up weaker than they were before they got into that conflict so you never get stronger from arguing you get stronger by embracing the word of god and so when you make up your mind you're going to embrace the word of god there should be uh, no no more striving the bible says an oath of confirmation is an end of all strife which means that god's word is confirmed with an oath and a promise so once that oath is made that's why god's word is omega word it'll end every argument once that word if it's appropriately inserted into the conversation that word of god will end all strife it'll end all argument the only thing sometimes that happens is is what i call a hangover a mental hangover you know sometimes you'll go home and if you don't want to embrace the word that word will continue to convince you and convince you and that that word follows you huh that's why the bible says he sent his word the word travels it goes where you know sometimes people want to argue about stuff and they feel like they won the argument because you shut up see you shut up because you have confidence in the word amen you let that word work on them you know you don't have i'm not here to win an argument i'm here to impart wisdom knowledge understanding whatever it is god wants us to get from his word that's my only job i'm not here for me i'm not here to argue with you and make you shut up so i can feel like i'm more powerful than i want because this ain't my word amen i'm doing it the best to my to my best ability i'm doing what god has sent me here to do but it's not about what i know and what you don't know hopefully you want to trust that god has me in a place of greater knowledge than you because then that legitimizes you're sitting there listening huh people say stuff like you think you know it all no you think i know it all (laughs) you just indicted yourself uh it didn't come from me i never told you that you told me that uh, so you must think it in which case it's all good amen <laughs> and i'm endeavoring to know more so i don't know it all but what i do know i'm confident in amen and you should be the same way too you shouldn't be so easily talked out of what you believe especially if it's based on the word of god now if you believe in crazy stuff you know pray that you get talked out of it but if you're believing the word of god you have to hold on to that and so god wants us to understand that these doubtful disputings can happen between individuals it can also happen within an individual and that's what we're going to talk about how we process what we see and what we hear and what effect it has on our faith amen so there is a, a 
truth that's acceptable to us when dealings with dealing with one another's faith and we must find an acceptable position within ourselves regarding our own faith so what that means is that you can't afford to continue to doubt whether you're doing the right thing before god you just can't keep doubt you know doubting if you know and walking in obedience to the spirit of doubt you've got to walk by faith you've got to leave doubt alone because doubt is always going to creep up and try and rob you of what faith you do have and so what you want to do is hold on to what you believe that's right before god and then if you hold on to it then doubt becomes a a a brief memory it becomes something that's in the past and if you continue to trample down doubt you will ride victorious to every answer that you need from god every promise that you need from god you'll be able to gain victory gain mastery you'll be able to be victorious in those areas you will will definitely ride upon the high places that are trying to bring you down and so when we think about how we think and and how we process things and and you know how how do we feel about our walk with god how do you feel about the things that you prayed for over the years how do you feel about that whole situation it has a great deal to do with how you will process information that comes to you people backslide not because of what they like but because of what they entertain see you can love god but entertain crazy ideas we know what i mean when i say entertain i mean consider them you know there's some thoughts that'll come to you you don't have to give it a second thought because you already know what what category to slot it into it goes in the junk file amen and why is it going to junk file huh oh why you you've judged it junk but what standard do you use huh well you get email in your in your mailbox there's certain it's, it depends on who it came from and where it came from some of it you know automatically is junk before you well, that's what you need to do with the thoughts that come to your head you know they're junk before you even why entertain something that runs contrary to the word of god if it don't line up with the word of god and see sometimes the enemy will keep us in that place of doubting ourselves our character and our, our identity you know your character is beyond reproach you're born of the spirit of god we ain't talking about that old dead person that used to sin all the time and didn't know no better we're talking about the new creation person so that person really is above reproach because you've been blood washed and blood bought so they can't the devil can't really he there's no price he can pay to buy you back he got to steal you again and how does he steal us he steals us through his crazy words that he can get us to think about and entertain if you're absorbed with yourself 
how you think, how you feel. Is this right? Is that right? And all the time, he'll get you. You got to be solid in who you are. Amen. The devil want to tell you, you don't do this right. You don't do that right. And this, I remember you did this and it fell apart. And you did. I said, no, well, you know what, devil? Think about this for a minute. Remember when I got saved and I left you back in the world on that dirt road? And you've been licking my dust ever since? <laughs> See, that's all you need to do to answer these doubtful disputes that come to your brain. But you know what most of us do? We entertain them. Because huh? there's nothing wrong with our faith. Your faith is the faith of the Son of God. How could there be anything wrong with it? When your faith is in God's word, it's not your your little measure of faith that you use, your pocket change faith that you use to get a bill paid or something like that. You've got faith in you now that will move mountains. It will do anything the word of God says it's supposed to do. Amen. Because it's not your faith. So you got to disown your faith in order to get anything done. See? The devil says something, eat a little faith. Watch it grow, devil. Huh? It's hiding, watch. Watch it grow. I got something to show you. Huh? You feel of unbelief and doubt? I got to show you something. Just watch it grow. Huh? The first place it'll grow is by resisting the devil. Huh? Say, I'm going to blow up right in front of your face, devil. Just watch. Huh? You want to make a purchase. You're, of course, you're you're cautious about it, but you give it over to God. God, all my caution is gone. I'm giving my faith over to you. I'm giving this project over to you. I'm giving my needs over to you. I'm giving everything in this earth that's for me. I'm giving it over to you, and I trust you to bring me rain in my season. Bring me bread in my season. Bring me meat in my season. Bring me everything I need in my season. And see, these these really can be one-time decisions. We don't have to keep deciding over and over again if we trust God to pull us through on this thing. Amen? You, you just trust him, period. He's the one who makes the promises. We haven't, real, we didn't really start this whole thing. God started this. All we got to do is get in the middle of it so we learn, just learn how to receive. That's, that's. That was always my thing. Huh? You know, when I got married, you know, women nowadays, they don't like this. This is some angry, hateful, disgrunt. You know, can I talk for a little bit? I'm going to take my belt off. When I take my belt off, it gets serious. Didn't I? I lose my microphone. If I do. But, you know, it's just, they don't like this. But the first thing I learned was how to please my husband. Because I knew if I didn't do it, some other woman would. Saved or unsaved, sanctified, praying in tongues or not. Who else you want to please him? So that's the first thing you learn about God in his kingdom. 
Oh, you got to please God? Now, is that in the Bible? It's all over the Bible. He said, if you love me, you obey me. Without faith, it's impossible to please me. In other words, don't come rushing up here barehanded and empty-handed. Bring some faith with you. Huh? Come rushing up here moaning and crying and carrying on and act like you don't have nothing. Huh? You bring your faith with you. If you're going to come up here, that's your entry. That's your, uh, that's your admission fee. Faith and righteousness, same thing. When you believe God, he counts it as righteousness. But you got to bring your faith to the table if you're going to deal with God. And once you bring your faith, then it's, it's possible to please him. And after that, you get into obedience. You don't just go off obeying and doing what you want to do. God isn't your servant like that. Where you looking for him to give you everything and you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. You expect him to be there bailing you out, helping you out. I like to live in peace with people. The first peace I want is to have peace with God. And if I'm using my faith, he's not going to step on me and tell me my faith is inadequate and all. He's going to help my faith. You bring what you got and he adds the rest. If anything's lacking, he adds the rest of it. See, the reason many times we don't, we're not comfortable with this kind of way of thinking, doing we think this is something that we just talk about for a minute and then you go back and live the way you've been living. God's not putting up with, you know, with people. The Bible says where when we were young or inexperienced, he used to wink at certain things, you know, says, ah, oh, they just, they're just children. They'll, they'll grow up. Well, now it's time to grow up. I mean, you can't put that off forever. So we have to grow up and begin to really trust God and do things his way. And sometimes that means being disappointed in what you thought was going to happen because you were mistaken about God's ways and how he wants to do things. He's obligated to mature our faith as he's passing out goodies. You've got to be interested in all of it. Huh? When he talked about people who had little faith... What was he talking about? He says, "They, you don't trust what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. See, that's little faith. So if you're still living in the level of being scared about, are you going to make it? Are you going to have enough? Are you going to, you're still in little faith territory. Oh, Pastor Bob. Oh, don't move. I got strong faith. Took a tow truck almost to get your last promise. Huh? (laughs) We might as well admit it. Huh? Because, see, we keep getting in the same argument. And your doubtful dispute in your head. We keep going for the bait. When we when something comes up, 
even though you'd have been through this umpteen million bazillion times with God, we get into doubt, our brain gets scrambled, we start trying to figure out how to, and you'd have crossed this, and Jesus said, ain't your life more than food and clothes and material, ain't they more to you than that? So if we take a hint, we'll realize, well, if I'm going to ever get strong faith, I've got to consider something taken care of already and then move on to the weightier things. He tells me my life is more than food and clothing. What's my life really about, Jesus? Why? Maybe I should spend my time thinking about that and working on that and forget the small stuff. But, oh, no, here's the devil knocking again, telling you, yeah. Huh? You looked on your debit, whatever you keep your money on. You know what I'm talking about. It's different for everybody. And it's looking kind of like single digit. Or... How'd that work out for you, Chuck, and the digit? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, that's right. See, you ain't felt no pain. Right? In fact... You kind of then moved into a different realm, have you? That's right, Chuck. Took a 30 years. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Chuck. I really am. But you know what I'm talking about. But see, once you let your faith cross over into the place where God has you headed and quit pushing yourself away from the threshold, then you start to move into that life that he wants us to live of of not being concerned. He wants to lift that burden of where you go eat, sleep, and drink. He wants to lift that off of us. And once he lifts, lifts that off of us, then we can start living the life he really intends for us to live. He doesn't expect us to live worried about that's why when you look in the Bible at Israel, he promised them. The first thing he promised them was a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, I got this and I'm taking care of it. I don't want you struggling over it no more. And that's where he has all of his people. When you first come into the kingdom, you find out somehow your money lasts longer. And I'm talking about not being a tither. You understand? Well, not that you're holding back on God. You're doing the best you can. You're using the faith that's at your disposal. But you're realizing something. there's something different about your life now. And it's reflected in what's available to you, how it comes to you. Somehow things come without a struggle anymore. You know, where you used to be that person, you go into the the uh, uh, department store and you'd have an argument with a cashier about anything. There's a stain on this. You need to mark it down. Is it a, that when you belong to God, that stuff don't even occur to you. You just know that ain't your stuff. Huh? Why? Because he's told you your life is more than that. So where's the more than that? Well, the more than that is living by faith. You live a spiritual life. And it does take care of the natural realm, 
but it originates in the spirit it stays in the spirit but the fruit of it will come to you in the natural realm and your focus then begins to be upon the spiritual not the natural because you know the natural will take care of itself you have total confidence that the natural will take care of itself if you take care of the spiritual so where does the devil come in well he comes in by rearranging your natural furniture see starts moving stuff you can't find this you can't find that you this is not what it's supposed to be and he'll just start rearranging just to mess your head up but if you remember that you've settled that dispute already oh no i'm not concerned about what i'm gonna eat drinking and where and any of that stuff i'll take care of the realm of the spiritual and then the natural will always be taken care of see the spiritual is what determines the natural and so you begin to walk by faith you keep your focus on god's word and what he's told you and he's doing it he's working on towards your good he's already putting it together for you and he's waiting for you to quit arguing with yourself mentally and make a decision sally huh just make up your mind said i can take this any which way you want it to be uh-huh and and he's not pushing you or rushing you to make he's very patient with us going over the same nonsense over and over and over again uh-huh until we get it i i got it in the wind column no i pull it out of there but put it over in the lost column you know what i made up my mind i was going to do one day god you tell me i know that violates every faith step and formula rule and list and picture and all that stuff that we've been taught but i know god knows everything he wants the best for me i can trust him huh god just send me a picture of it (laughs) and it's all good and so when when you realize that your life is more than that it is the day that you put down the arguments you quit arguing with yourself over whether you should do this or do that or is this right or is this wrong as far as god's concerned if you make what you consider to be a wrong decision i'm gonna say it again if you make what you consider to be a wrong decision he'll make it right anyway because he promises to that's how moses was able to get the children of israel pretty much everywhere they got huh just by petitioning he said god you can't lead these people out here to die what what is what gonna say about us what they gonna say about you god you mean they gonna say god listen if you let us die here they gonna say you brought us out here and you weren't able to get us out so god's not gonna let it be said about him amen that that shannon he's not able to pay your bills 
He's not going to let that be said about him. Amen. And see, he'll prove it to you because if if you get sit out somewhere, he'll let you get tired of getting sit out and then you'll start believing him. And you'll start being led instead of being bailed out all the time. Huh? When you're led, you can grow. When you're bailed out, you got to start from square one. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be led and stumble than to want to go my own way and then I got to be bailed out over and over and over again. Huh? No, the bailout is, you know, I mean, that's what you need. That's what you need. But that's not what God wants for you all the time. He wants you to be somebody who can bail others out. And you want that too. (laughs) Most people want it. But it it doesn't have to be a fantasy. It can be the plan of God for your life. See, we think about, you know, oh, I wish I could. I wish I had this much money in the bank. I could do so and so. Well, when you're on the wishing side, huh, like make a wish. See, you don't get many wishes. Make a wishes for them dying people that's probably only going to get one. The just shall live by faith. When you live by faith, you get resurrected over and over and over again. You don't have to leave, live by wish. Amen. And then the things that you desire every day that you get up, you got to make up your mind. You're making one step closer to everything that you want. Every day that you get up and obey God, I'm one step closer to the thing that I, I'm one step closer today than I was yesterday to the thing that I desire. Because my faith has taken me to what God has for me. Huh? So I'm going to quit the wish nonsense. And I'm going to start living by faith. The just live. They don't wish. They're not sitting in a holding tank somewhere trying to get out of where they are. They're living. There's life there. There's hope there. There's encouragement there when you live for God. There's everything that you need. You start living out of the fruit of the Spirit instead of living by sight and everything and living by what you possess one thing i know about possessing you gotta take care of stuff once you get it or you can be reduced to a a, what's some people a bum and a hoarder yeah hoarder that's what if you don't take care of it you you understand there's ways to possess things so God will, will cause us to move into that place of having the confidence that we, our faith is good enough to possess everything that God has for us. Amen. It's good enough. We got to get used to it. You know what delays us? We're not used to the idea that it's good enough. So really, your time is spent in God convincing you that your faith it's more than enough for everything. It's the El Shaddai brand of faith. 
it's more than enough for everything that you need in life. You just got to believe it and start living in it. The more you live by faith, the more confident you are about that way of living. So you're not bouncing back and forth. I wonder, wonder, wonder. Where is it? Where is it? How do I do this? You're on the road and you know you're on the road. And the road is paved. It's smooth. Amen. That road is what it's supposed to be. So God wants us to stop disputing these things and live as faith people. In 2 Corinthians 10, we we did that yesterday. It talks about how to get rid of this doubtful disputing in your mind. And that is to cast down imaginations. So that's why I say you can you can put it in the 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 uh um what do you call it file the junk file immediately once you discern where that idea comes from see that when that idea comes from the devil it's something that will make you uncomfortable it makes you feel like you can't do anything until you get mastery over that argument and instead of answering it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth just cast it down we ain't talking about that today devil know where it comes from anytime you're living by faith and you've asked god for something and the thought comes to you that something's wrong somewhere that ain't god telling you it's like if i want to take my dog out side to go to the bathroom i put a leash on her and as soon as that leash is clicked she hears that noise she gets right up and she starts to go out and she pretty much leads me you understand where we're going there's no argument with her that's the way god wants us to be just always know and once you're being led by god see i don't get up and tell her you better get up and get that leash and come on over here that's my job to put it on this is god's job to correct our faith it's his job to tell us to direct us which way to go that's his job you are no more responsible for judging your faith and see well, there's something wrong i don't have it yet something wrong it ain't right somewhere i didn't do something wrong wonder what i done wrong that's that argument you gotta cast it down and you got to make time your friend and not your enemy. Because time is going to go on anyway. Time is going to go on whether you have what you ask for or not. Let me put it that way. For people who think they got to hold their breath until they get something from God. You keep holding it. But see, time is going to go on anyway. It's up to you how you want to spend it. You want to enjoy your life. You want to enjoy the time you have here or you want to spend it in knots wondering what's wrong with your faith and what's wrong with you and how come you don't have it yet? That's one of them jobs. I mean, if it's a necessary job, you need to hire that one out. Man, because you don't have time for that nonsense. Sit up wondering what's wrong with you. I'll tell you one sentence. <laughs> A king. But a king's been fixed. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. 
you want to keep conjuring up that old dead stuff help yourself but i'm moving on i have time for that so with this mental argument we are to use kingdom authority to cast it down second corinthians 10 verse 5 casting down imaginations there's the weapons of a warfare not carnal so there's nothing you can fix that's wrong with you if it's wrong god i'm trusting you to fix it but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds so which means that you will be able with god's weapons to get yourself out of any fix you're in i'm gonna say it again the weapons of our warfare are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds so that box that the devil keeps getting you tied up in you'll be able to break out of that box and it won't be a trouble for you anymore you got me and you cast that thing down say god devil we ain't going 15 rounds again with this i'm knocking you out right now it says casting down imaginations and in in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god see the knowledge of god has told you that whatever it is you're believing god for is yours and then some some doubtful idea comes to you and tells you something's wrong with you in other words that idea is trying to make you think you can't have whatever it is that god's already given you not promised but given huh mark eleven twenty three. if you find it in the word you believe you receive it when you pray you have it already so it's nice to go through life understanding that whatever is on your heart that you desire you have it already scared to ask god scared to talk about it scared to tell the saints you know you know somebody gonna tell you ain't got something huh sometimes it's best not to so we're to use kingdom authority in these things folks you you're not here trying to prove to god you really believe him you received it already amen when you got before the throne he gave it to you you received it the blood of jesus is what allows that scepter the golden scepter to be held out to you you notice you didn't get a crown when you went up to the throne or a tiara genesis 12 we need to go there and we'll look at what abraham did because all of the patriarchs had this issue amen everybody that's born is going to have doubt and have arguments mental arguments that come up that try to steal the way of the lord from us and steal the promises of god from us so abraham 12 verse 1 the lord said to him get out of your country from them crazy kinfolk of yours them sinners ne'er-do-wells huh drive-by shooters he said and just follow my voice go where i tell you to go god was not visible to abram at that time he was a voice but he wanted him to cut ties 
with natural relatives you got me so that lets you know right there if he's going to have some kin they're going to have to come to him supernaturally got me and so god will have us cut ties with natural kinfolk amen and then he will connect you at his whenever he wants to he will connect you to the real family the only people he took he was permitted was his wife because god saw the two of them as one flesh and he says i'm going to do this for you i'm gonna make of you a great nation bless you make your name great and you'll be a blessing in other words he says i'll make you the type of person that will be mighty and great and powerful and rich but you're not going to be a bad person with that you're going to be a blessing and if that was true for abram it was tr- it's true of us so why do we automatically when something goes wrong think there's something wrong with us see we're a blessing god i know there's nothing wrong with my faith i'm a blessing I'm not a bad person in the earth. I'm not somebody here to rip people off and do wrong and try to rip you off and and get what I need cut by hook or crook. I'm a blessing. Huh? So if if God blessed Abraham and to make him a blessing, he said, you're not going to be a thief. You're not going to be a ruthless person. You're not going to be the type of person that takes from goes out and robs people and takes from them becomes a marauder and and that's how you get your wealth i'm going to make your wealth clean i'm going to make you a man who can bless other people that's covenant with god he's not making us wealthy so we can lord it all over people and you know some of the things i hear preachers have access to and have bought with god's money it's all god's money this ain't our money to do it what we want to do some of the ridiculous frivolous frivolous things i said you mean you still like stuff like that you've been preaching for 40 years i'm just telling it like i call it i you don't have to agree with me you don't have to but you know what none of us have access to that kind of money and if it works for them and it's a part of god's covenant it should work for all of us We get cars, we got notes with them. Why? Because we got to get where we need to get. And the bus ain't go get you there. But we got preachers with six and seven and eight and ten classic automobiles in a garage. Now, how come our faith don't work like that? You know why? Because your life is about more than that. See, you believe in the kingdom. You, I mean the kingdom for real. You believe your life is worth more. It's about more than what you can eat, drink, and wear and park in a garage somewhere. So Abraham was blessed and he was a blessing. Amen. So what did Abraham do? He immediately departed and went where God told him to go. God began to account his obedience by faith as righteousness whenever you move by faith in obedience to god's word it's 
you you move by righteousness and so in in it says abram took sarah his wife and lot his brother's son everything that they had that they had gathered the souls that they had gathered so they had house servants he was a pretty well-to-do man they has house servants and all that kind of stuff and they take this nephew with them and he passed through the land uh, uh, unto the place of Sikkim, unto the plain of Morat, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to him and said, "No, see, this is this is after Abram's gone a distance, obeying God. Sometimes we're looking for step fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, and we haven't taken step. You understand what I'm saying?" God knows how to come into your life and instruct you after you've exhausted the last obedience. He knows when to show up and instruct you further. Like he's not going to make you real comfortable with your own understanding. He's going to make you dependent on his understanding in order to get where you want to go. And see, this is the problem with most of us. We want an insurance policy from cradle to grave all in one conversation with God. And he's not going to give it to you. That ain't faith. Because the minute you find out everything and think you can do it all, then bye-bye relationship with God. He knows that about us. And don't say, that ain't me, it's you. It ain't them people at the Y because they can't hear me. Even though I'm very tempted from time to time to take my act across the street. But he says, and he appeared to him after he got a certain distance and exhausted the instructions. See, God knows when you need more. Some of us ask for more because we ain't done the first thing he told us to do. He's not going to have you skip over play a leapfrog into the kingdom so he appears to him and promises him something that he can visibly see he says unto your seed i'm giving this land and so what did abram do in order to honor god to be a blessing people who are a blessing do certain things they honor god so he set up an altar there not as a memorial and not as something that you know i'm just gonna do this he said that when god said i'm gonna get this to you abram said well i need a place where i can worship you so he set up an altar where he could meet with god for the purpose of worshiping him as his god and so when god promises us and he shows us he expects worship he expects that we would meet with him regularly and offer him praise, offer him adoration, offer him what's due him. Abraham worshipped him in this place. Where do you worship him? Well, he's, he lives in you. You're the temple of God. We can worship him everywhere. In your car, in your bathroom, in your bathtub, in the basement in your car wherever if you're a blessing then you offer worship up to god 
and he says he removed from them to a mountain on the east of bethel and pitched his tent having bethel on the west ai on the east and there he built an altar to the lord and called on the name of the lord and abraham journeyed going on toward the south so this was abraham's pattern whenever he needed further direction he began to do what I just read it. Worship God. So here you are stuck again, wondering what you did wrong this time, that you don't have what you've been begging God for, that he already gave you, but we won't go there again. Huh? Instead of doubting yourself and wondering what's wrong with you, which you don't really want to know. What should you do instead? Ah! There we go. The problem is you have broken fellowship with God, and that's why you're doubting. I don't like that, Peter Barb. Well, keep begging for something to be wrong with you then. I happen to know that if something is wrong, worship will straighten it out. Huh? (laughs) You get finished in worshiping God, nothing's wrong. Huh? You just got your spiritual injection. Your shot in the arm. (laughs) So Abram, in order to stay on track, built altars worship god called upon him and if there's any straightening out to do god will straighten you out in the place of worship you come out of there and i'm not talking about telling you bit for bit well barb this is wrong and that's wrong that ain't him when you come out it's all good and he begins to direct you from there your problem is in your disconnect. Now, how do we disconnect? Huh? Looking in the natural at what it looks like. Distracted. Took your attention off the word. Well, you mean I got to be in my Bible all day? If that's what it takes, do it. Quit trying to cut corners with God. you see them little origami people they take a piece of paper and put it in. that's what we do with our promises sometimes you chip chop chopping up cutting up coming at oh it's not right put it back there you can't put it back together again huh but just pick at stuff all the time got no business picking at it god tells you just worship me and trust me Get beyond these confusions that come up in your mind. Because if you don't tackle them now, they're right around the corner to grab you again. You're going to have to make up your mind how you deal with that stuff. You can't listen to it. Let's cut it off at the source. I don't care who it comes from. Amen. You're going to make some enemies trying to be obedient to God know where you think you are you think you're gonna be friends with everybody all the time and obey god i got news for you they hate you 
They just don't want to admit it and say it. They hated Jesus because of his word. They gonna hate you. We think we can have everything God offers us and be friends with the world. You can't do that. The world will take it from you. In fact, that's their assignment is to strip you everything. So Abraham built the altar, worshiped God, and he went on and journeyed and hit upon something that was a, a challenge for his faith, and that was a famine. If God tells you that he's going to care for you and bless you, bless means take care of everything you need. You got me? Nothing left out. Why is it stuff we really, really want? We think God ain't interested in that too? Huh? Like he messing with us. <laughs> you ever wonder, you ever think that what you really, really want, God put that desire in you? That's why you want it so bad. Huh? And don't try to pretend like you don't, because you do. You can't deny him living on the inside of you, because he can't deny himself. You see, yeah, I told you you could have that. I told you I'm going to give that to you. And keep believing me. So he runs into a famine, and it was it was grievous. It was a bad famine. It came to pass when he's come near to enter into Egypt that he told Sarah, his wife, you know, this is this is how we going to work this out. OK, you pretend to be my sister because she really was his half sister. And and he said, you know, if any of the men come and hit on you, you know, and all of that, you my sister. And then we straight we will make it through the famine. We're we'll, we just doing this temporarily, you know, because of famine. I love you, baby, and all that, but the brother going to have to survive. Huh? He said, when the Egyptians see you, they're going to want to take you. Amen? And it came to pass that when Abram was come out, come into Egypt, verse 14, the Egyptians looked at him exactly as he, he said what happened, happened. Amen? The princes of Pharaoh saw her and said, Pharaoh, this, this woman just came in town. You got to see her. Amen. Pharaoh could have anything he wanted. So he took Sarah into his harem. And it says in verse 17, the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And sinners sometimes are smarter than we are because they knew what the problem was. They said, now we was going along fine until this woman showed up. Something is wrong with her. And so Pharaoh called Abram to him. He's in trouble anyway. I don't care how we try to avoid trouble. As believers, some things are going to get us in trouble anyway. You understand what I'm saying? We bind this and bind that and pray against this and pray. You can't pray against something. You either have faith to overcome it 
there are people who have oh, i pray against this generational curse of it well if you praying against it you must believe in it see we do these things when we don't know once we understand what we're doing then we start living as healed people and quit praying against everything You might as well get some, you know, super, yeah, little rabbit's foot or, you know, whatever. Keep it in your pocket to keep something off of you. So Abram gets in trouble anyway. When you serve God, there's trouble. When you don't serve God, there's trouble. Amen. The only thing is the trouble you get in with God, he'll get you out of it. Promise. God said also to Abraham, I will fight people that fight you. Ooh, a little clause in there. Don't let it make you nervous. Get peace. You know, people read stuff like, fight people, fight me. Ain't nobody, who gonna fight me? You know, you gonna fight yourself. God need to slap you around a couple of times and get you sober. So it says here in in Pharaoh called Abram verse 18 what is this that you've done to me why did you not tell me she was your wife so Sarah must have read it she didn't keep her word when she got confronted she did some smart she told the truth and she like you know what this ain't no time to be making up nothing and trying to defend yourself see doubtful disputation See, Abraham winds up in Egypt in his doubt that God was going to take care of him causes him to try to hatch a plot to take care of himself. Huh? And then Pharaoh calls him in and confronts him on it. And he can't lie and say that's his sister because Sarah's already told the truth. And so when we have these doubts in our mind, and we begin to dispute the the road you take at the end of that dispute will determine your next step in getting out of there see if abraham had had continued to try and perpetrate that lie they would have still been in egypt but a slave somewhere or be killed you don't lie to a pharaoh you get in there and you tell the truth and so by the time Abram got there, Pharaoh already knew the truth. Probably saved both of their necks. Because there are some things we can't continue to make up, continue to lie, continue to pretend and all that kind of stuff. We just got to trust God. And so Abraham begins to understand that he did not trust God with what he did there. He says, why did you say she's my sister? I would have almost took her to be my wife. There behold your wife, take her and go away. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. They sent him away and his wife and all that he had. When when Abraham left Egypt, he had all that he possessed when he met God and everything that he had accumulated up until that time. And so God had already made him rich, very rich, by the time he got to Egypt. You got me? And so they made sure 
that they didn't try to own anything that belonged to Abraham because his goods would have cursed them just like his wife would have. So they made sure that they didn't take any. See, we are, we are so concerned about suffering some kind of loss from our obedience to God that we put ourselves in a place where we can lose everything. But you're not going to lose. God will keep intact everything that belongs to you. You should never be afraid of obeying him. Afraid of some kind of loss. Well, if I do this, you know, and God God didn't tell me to do it. And God, I might have, this might go wrong. Or nothing's going to go wrong. Any decision you make is going to work. Huh? Because if you don't get what you want out of it first time out, Abraham didn't get what he wanted out of that Egypt situation. He tried to use his own way of getting getting safety when God said he would fight people that would fight him. What you scared of, Abraham? No, you know, no, no, I heard about these people down here. They take your wife from you. In fact, they kill me to get her. So I'm not going to trust God in this one. I'm going to play this game. that They may be doing this for years. Probably why they ain't got no kids. Just a thought. Listen, if you don't know if she's your wife or your sister, you could be very confused for a long time. Just saying. It don't have to be true. I didn't read it in the Bible, but it's just something to think about. You know what you honor, God will honor for you in your life. You understand what I'm saying? But in reality, God had shut up her womb for a later time. He's going to use that to prove their faith. Amen. So that that was just Barb. You don't have to. (laughs) I'll move her out of the way. But uh, so then he leaves Egypt. In verse two, thirteen, verse two, and Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and in gold. And he continues on his journeys with God, but this disputing inside of Abraham is something that will continue throughout his walk with God. So we have to look at the fact. Don't get flustered, flabbergasted, and upset. If these thoughts keep coming to your mind to challenge your faith. You've got to know that as long as you go back to your place of contentment with God and worship with God. And just keep peace with God. And keep serving him. What, you, what, you're, what you're desiring from him is an inheritance anyway. It's a given. And there's a certain period when it will be released into your life in the natural. So it's not like it's, are you going to get it or aren't you going to get it? Can you're, can you're not doing your faith perfectly, mess it up for you forever and God's never going to, that ain't in the, even in the, that's not a possibility. See, sometimes God will cause things to, appear in your realm where you'll see him just to show you he was telling the truth about it all along because he can't deny himself 
So you, at some point, you'll see what God had in store for you. I tell young unmarried people that all the time. You'll go run off after some crazy sinner because they seem to be available. And spend most of your life trying to track down and chase down something that's not yours. And then one day you'll be somewhere and see a man and a, a woman together with their children. And that man will say, yeah, well, I don't know why I can't take my eyes off of him. He was supposed to have been yours. Oh, Barb, God don't do that. Don't tell me. I've seen it. I've been in churches where they've got enough people. You see that happen all the time. I've seen women bring men to church that they're sleeping with. And that brother gets saved and then his eyes fall on another saved woman in the church. They wind up married. He can't deny himself. See, that was yours, but you wanted to go hook and crook to get it. Well, that would just hurt their feelings as supposed to. Maybe hurt feelings and make it. That's how I learned. My mother taught me every lesson that was good for me to learn, I, I got it by hurt feelings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Other than that, you'd be able to lie on God and say he never had it for you. Well, I thought I was supposed to get that, but I was wrong. No, he just let it walk right by you belonging to somebody else. Uh-uh. Where was I? I was in Egypt. I'm out of Egypt. Amen. So Abram comes out of Egypt. But all of these encounters with God are encounters where the natural realm conflicts and disputes what the spiritual realm is telling you belongs to you so the natural is always going to come and conflict with the spiritual and you have to learn how to cast these things down you can't entertain every criticism that comes toward you you can't entertain every negative thought about how you conduct your life that comes to you And you can't plan and scheme above what God has for you as an inheritance. It's going to backfire on you. And it's going to fall apart badly. Amen. And so God again moves on Abraham and promises him the same things that he's always had for him. Because why? God accepts worship as righteousness and faith and confidence in him. See, when you go to God and worship, you are letting him know that your confidence is in him again. Even after you've been doubting, you've been wanting to give up, you've been thinking God's not pleased with you, you've been thinking, oh, I didn't blew it this time, all that. You can think all that stuff you want to. But once you snap out of it and cast that thing down and come back into worship, that's why many people feel when they come to church, They feel relieved. They feel good. You're supposed to because you've entered into a different kingdom. You come from out there in them crazy streets and in your own crazy head. 
and you've allowed yourself to enter into God's realm. And that's why you feel good. I remember when I was a new Christian, we would get into some of the the situations that I worship situations, Bible studies and that kind of stuff. And I would think to myself, I said, I wish this would last forever because when I get home, it's going to it's going to go away. And I didn't understand anything about walking in the spirit at that time that you take that atmosphere with you everywhere that you go. But see, God began, he will begin to get us acclimated to where we really live. We're just foreigners down here. We're visitors. We're aliens for the time that we're here. That's who we are. And so God allows Abram to have these kinds of encounters with him as he makes his way through this journey that he has to take to get all the way to the promised land where God has him. But he begins to have these disputes. When Ishmael was born, doubt is what created him. Amen. He doubts, Sarah doubts. Sarah says, well, you know, I've never been able to have children. I think we're supposed to have a baby with my maid. Now, that worked for a lot of people. They just say hey, it's, you know. That ain't so strange. I mean, why y'all acting like ain't people doing that now? Three and four different made baby mama dabba a bunch of Yabba dabba do. So don't think come on now, y'all. Let's let the religion go. Let's just because this can help you in the now. If you understand how wrong it was even back then, you'll see how wrong it is now. Teach your children different. Amen. So they begin to doubt. Why? That's part of it. But time. See, time begins to be their enemy. Now, Abraham was already in his upper 70s at the time God found him. So if age were a factor, God would have found him at least 40 years earlier. So so there were some things that are built in that we consider that in order to get what we need from God, we can't get to consider them anymore. So God has to make them prominent as an issue in our lives. He has to let that issue get magnified enough for us to be able to look at it as a problem and then let him eliminate it and address it as not a problem anymore. Because he knows it's mentally it's a problem for us. Many people that, you know, feel like, well, it's been so long, I don't even know if I want it anymore. I don't know if God wants it for me. I don't know if he ever told me. I don't know. All of this stuff, these are our thoughts that have to be cast down. The longer you meditate on them, the more life they have and the more real they seem to you. That by the time it's the more years have gone by, a lot of people faint, quit, and walk away. Because they felt that it was too late years ago and they still, it's even later now. Ishmael is born out of impatience 
He's born out of lack and feeling that God can't do it. We know what he said, but maybe he means to do it this way. See, when you start getting ideas like, I know what the word says, but maybe God wants to bless me this way. I know it it doesn't look like just believing and trusting God, but maybe this is the way I'm supposed to be blessed and I'm supposed to be taken care of. Because I've never had it any other way but this. Huh? Me against the world. Huh? I've always had to rely on myself. I never had no whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Whatever it is you think people lean on in the natural, they're trusting God just like you are. Even with what we think is a natural answer and natural help, you still got to trust God. If Abraham and Sarah were young enough to conceive a child and conceived one, you got to believe God for a normal pregnancy, get the baby in here, and the baby got to live after that. You got to trust God somewhere down the line is all I'm saying. And so they decide on Ishmael. Ishmael comes into being, and he's a problem from beginning to end. He's such a problem, God tells her, just kick him out, and we'll start all over again. What do you mean at my age? I was too old when we first started, God. Now I'm older. And you tell me to kick him out? That's what Abraham said. When he said, oh, if if only Ishmael could live I wouldn't have to be stretched beyond where I am now in my faith. You mean I got to stretch even farther in my faith than I'm stretching already, God? Yes, you do. Because you're not doing this. I'm doing it. You're just going along for the ride, Abraham. If you take your hands off the steering wheel and learn how to enjoy the ride, but God, I don't think we're going to where I'm stop it. Huh? Doubtful. Disputing God. Disputing his word. Disputing his promise as though you never believed it. What happened to the faith we used to have in everything God told us? Huh? It can get eroded by doubt, disputing. Looking at how everybody else is living around you. Oh, Lord, that's another three-week sermon on that one. You start comparing it to people, and the people you need to compare it to, you don't want to live like them because you think they're crazy. It's the truth. Oh, Lord, I don't want to. I remember somebody. Who was that? I think it was might have been Renee and, and Miss Juana. Hi, Detroit. <laughs> But their brother, they went to the hospital to pray for the brother. He had had a stroke. And so Wanda's on the phone. I'm trying to tell her what side of her head to put her hands on so she can pray for the brother. And they said, well, do you want to accept the Lord? I don't want to be like you and Nene. <laughs> I said, that's a good sign. He's, y'all, he's scared of y'all. See? I said, he'll receive God. I said, don't press him about it right now. Let him get himself healed first. And he walked out and he never, they never, uh, he, he never, they never, uh, what do you call it, admitted him to the hospital. Yep. 
they apprehended that stroke devil right there in the emergency room. See what I'm saying? Probably scared him even more, but he was glad he didn't have to go to the hospital. But I'm telling you that, that we will have to fight these ideas. They're just ideas. Imaginations are ideas. They're fantasy ideas because they're not real. You don't entertain ideas that tell your faith is inadequate. That's Jesus' job, to make it adequate. If he don't complain about it, there's no complaint. Amen? His grace is sufficient for you in all things. You don't have to conjure up some strength all of a sudden to try to impress God so he can do something for you. It's already done. you got a blood covenant that says it's done. But God wants us to get rid of these arguments that keep lying to us and we entertain them because they sound real. They have no bearing on anything that God wants to do for us. Keep kingdom business in the kingdom. Don't pull it out to be examined and looked over and picked apart and all that. That's not God. It's not God. And so when we get to these places where we think it's taking too long, it's we're not adequate, whatever it is we're thinking, we've got to learn how to go back to worship, cast those ideas down, tell them to stop bugging us, we're not listening anymore, and allow the peace of God to descend on us so that we can receive what it is that God has for us and keep believing, keep trusting Keep confessing. You're just confessing out of your spirit. It's not something you're trying to make up and make happen. Amen. You're just reaffirming to God that you still believe him after walking away in doubt. You've got to come back and still affirm, God, I still believe you for that. And I thank you that I am healed. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. And thank you for understanding. Thank you for the great things that you are doing for us in accordance and obedience with your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have a blood covenant that covers everything, every single thing that we desire and that we need, and we bless you, Father. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't give me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, and by the power of his blood, I am healed. I am disease-free. I am fear-free. I am totally free to live in your blessings. And I receive everything that I need right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. So be it. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.